that, man. <laughs> so, uh, Shara loves her man, I know. So y'all can be seated. Glory to God. Well, a few weeks ago, um, it was weird. I'd never had this happen before, but I got, um, I, w- I pray, of course, every morning. Everybody should, but I pray every morning. And um, the Lord told me this. I better get my phone and get it because I didn't put it in my notes because I wasn't planning on saying it. But we prayed that the Lord would show us, right? Okay, so uh, let me get it here. I've only told a few people this, you know, I don't, he said, do you think you should tell the church, you know, and I said, no, because I don't think it's necessarily for you. If it's, you feel like it's for you, grab hold to it because it's from the Lord. But I found out later what it was for. It said, um, 2024, close all the open doors and get ready for more, more, more. I got this several weeks ago. Several weeks ago. Then we had a great big huge staff meeting on Monday. Or Tuesday. Was it Tuesday? Tuesday. And after that staff meeting, the Lord told me that's what that was for. And you don't need to know what went on in the staff meeting. But... If you were in the staff meeting, you know now how that applies. So, I love the Lord. I just love Him. Because He helps us so much. Way more than we'll ever know. But then like two weeks later, He gave me something else. And I thought, Lord, I thought that was 2024. He said, well, that was for that. You ever had the Lord give you more than one thing? Oh, He does me all the time. But if you've ever got a word of knowledge, I was telling somebody this the other day. If you ever got a word from the Lord, it's vitally important that you don't put your own interpretation on it. Vitally important. Just let it play out. See what happens with it if you get a word from the Lord. Don't try to make it happen, as Brother Hagin used to say. Let it happen. When we go into trying to make stuff happen, we mess it up. You know, so um, when you get a word from the Lord, just let it happen. Well, a few weeks later, I was in the shower. Well, actually, two weeks ago, I was in the shower. And this is what the Lord said. He said, 2024, and I think this applies to the church. He said, do you want to say it? I said, no. (laughs) I'm not one just to want to get up. You know, you've figured that out by now. But the Lord said, do it today. So here I am. 2024. Time to do what we're here for. So we can receive our heavenly reward. Time to do what we're here for. So we can receive our heavenly reward. And this morning, all morning long, this word keeps coming up to me. And I don't think it's for me. I think it's for You, you, Branson, promotion, spiritual promotion. That's the word that I keep getting, spiritual promotion. Now, with spiritual promotion comes lots of stuff. I don't even know what it pertains to in your life. Let me tell you this. Last, was it last year? Somebody help me. Was it last year or two years ago? Houses, the value of them, what happened? They shot up. And if you wanted a home, what did you have to do? 
And there were few and far between. Is that correct? I mean, you had to almost settle if you needed a house. Because they were so few and far between. And they were pricey. I want you to look around at how sparse things are right now. We're going to get into some things today, and you may be surprised at some of the things that I say. When there's fewer homes for sale, what happens to the value of them? When there's fewer Christians in the world, what happens to the value of them? What happens to our value when there's fewer of us out there? How many of you will be honest and say that you know of people that were serving God five years ago, ten years ago, that are not serving God today? Look at the hands. Almost every... uh, Hold your hand up if you don't know of anybody. If you... One, two... You know somebody. I could call the name, the person you know. (laughs) Think just for 30 seconds. There's maybe not a dozen people in here. Don't know anybody that quit serving God over the past five years or so. Don't know anybody that quit serving God. And my point is... People have been going away. I was reading some stuff over the last few days. And it says the church itself, not this church, but the church itself for a season. Now, in the end, what's it going to do? Increase massively. Massively. But for a season, what's it going to do? I'm going to read you some stuff. You'll see. It's going to go away for a little bit. People are going to get drawn away by their own lust. Things are going to happen. So during that time, the people that stay are going to be very, very valuable to God. Now, I said something years ago that I have to retract. Imagine that. Imagine that. I said that God doesn't believe in social promotion like schools do. But I'm going to correct that today, and I'm going to explain to you why. And maybe he would not call it social promotion. But when people that are serving God get out of their place, when people that are serving God get out of their place, they leave God. They refuse to do. Have you ever believed God for money? And it come through the most unusual source that you ever thought possible. It come through somebody you never thought would give you something like that. Well, that's most likely because the person that was supposed to do it didn't do it. So God used somebody else. Now, I've seen this happen since we've been leaders and ministers. I've seen it happen over and over and over and over again. Dave's here, Rob's here, Dan's here, Shireen's here. They, can, they know exactly times that I'm talking about. People that were supposed to be promoted into positions, something in the world pulled them away from their place in God. So God had to promote someone else to their position. That's going to be you. Raise your hand. Say, that's going to be me. 
How many of you are ready? How many of you are really ready? I mean, if God said, step up today into this place. You're ready. I want to read you some things that I want to see if you agree is happening now. Okay? We are kind of, I feel like, you ever, you got kids, you know, but you were a kid. Okay? So we won't even talk about your kids today so you can put blame on them or judge them. We're going to talk about you. Okay? How many of you went to school when you were little? Mm-hmm. How many of you had that book report or that term paper that you waited until the last minute to write? Mm-hmm. Most every person in here, okay? Would it have been a lot better had you started a lot sooner? Yeah. Every one of us. Every single one of us. Well, here's the problem. God ain't no term paper. And he says, we need to get ready. I'll tell you some more about that in just a minute. All right. I want to see if you think we're closer than we've ever been. I'm going to read you some things and see if you think they are actually happening now. War and rumors of wars. Raise your hand if you don't think this is happening. Don't think, because everybody's going to raise their hand. So I need to see who don't think this is happening. Because I'm going to get somebody to go pray for them. Okay. Great earthquakes in diverse places. Didn't they just have one like day before yesterday? If you want the verses, I've got them. The first one, Wars, Matthew 24, 7, and Revelation 6, 4. I've got all the notes. I'm not going to give them to you. You should be reading your Bible. <laughs> Great earthquakes is Matthew 24, 7, and Luke 21, 11. Disease. Have we seen a disease recently that we hadn't seen in? Ever? In our lifetimes? Ever? Crime. Lawlessness, the Bible calls it. Have we seen more of that lately than we've ever seen? Maybe since the Bible talks about somebody building a boat. (laughs) Somebody built a big boat, something about that in the Bible. Y'all remember that? Because things got so out of hand. He had somebody to build a boat. It's raining out there now, but I don't think we're going to have to build a boat. But <laughs> Crime. Have you ever seen it so bad? That the bad guys seem like they don't have to listen to anybody anymore. Ever. If you want to look it up, it's Matthew 24, 12. Deteriorating attitudes. Where people are slanders, without self-control, without the love of goodness, betrayers, headstrong, puffed up with pride. Second Timothy 3, 1 through 4. If you want to look up the exact words, these are words I kind of put it in my own words for today's language. How many of you don't believe that's happening now? Can you even go out on the street without thinking somebody might pull a gun on you for road rage? I mean, you better pray before you leave your house. You step in line in front of somebody, they're liable to slap you. I mean, people have lost their minds. It's the world. I mean, I'm not afraid because I have a great big angel that suck them in the teeth. But, but you understand what I'm saying? People have gone crazy out there. Breakdown of families. 2 Timothy 3.2 That people would lose their natural affection for their family and their children and children would be disobedient to parents. 
Have we seen any of that? Anybody don't agree with that? There's a young person laughing with her parents back there. I'm not going to look that direction because I don't want anybody looking. Diminished love of God. The love of the greater number will grow cold. In Matthew 24 it says, Jesus meant that in the last days they'd be lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God. And this kind of goes together. Religious hypocrisy. This I think we see more than ever. To me, this is, this is a number one right now. 2 Timothy 3.5. It told that people would appear to worship God, but not truly live by His standards. Religious, Dave, turn my phone off. I don't think we need it ringing. Who would be texting me on a Sunday morning at 10 o'clock? They don't know me. Was it him? (laughs) Rob's laughing over here because he thinks it probably was. No, it wasn't. Um, somebody said, people send me stuff, so I'll look at it later. So, um, appear to worship God, but not truly live by His standards. Do you know? You may fool people. But you can't fool God. You can't fool God. And then it says, global preaching of the Word. I believe that's happening now more than it's ever happened. How many of you believe this list is happening now more than it's ever happened? So, my title for today is, Now's the Time. You've put off your term paper till the last week. So if we're going to do anything for the Lord, we better do it. Over the past year, um, I've experienced things that I want to talk to you about, things that I think are, are deterring people. It's the way the world is going. It's people are using, lack of a better word, excuses for not serving God. Okay? It's either their family, their marriage, their kids, their time, their money, things, their job, whatever. Rob, stand up here just a minute. If I took my shoes off, it would really portray the scenario even better because I'm, I'm short. You know, he says feel your average, but I'm short. Uh, I'm going to, how many of you know we're going to stand before the Lord yes. in judgment? Yes. Okay. I'm going to say, I don't know, decades ago, decades ago, Keith and I had trouble. How many of you know that? Raise your hand real high if you know that. I want to just make sure everybody knew that. Yeah, Keith and I had trouble. Y'all didn't know it, okay? Get the marriage tapes. That means you didn't listen to the marriage tapes. Anybody else didn't know it? I didn't. You're new. Get the marriage tapes. Anybody that did not know that Keith and I had marriage troubles, I'm going to encourage you to get the marriage tapes, okay? Especially if you're married. Or if you're a young man or a young woman that's not married, get the marriage tapes. Keith and I, when we first got married, so I'll go ahead and tell it, because there was about a dozen plus hands in here that didn't know it. When Keith and I first got married, his dad ran his house. I'm talking about ran his house. His mom didn't have a lot of say. She didn't work when we first got married. And 
When I got married to Keith, my mom ran my house. How many of you in here knew my dad? Sweet as could be, but my mom ran everything. If she said, let's go on a trip, we loaded up and went on a trip. She said, let's eat this for supper, we ate this for supper. If she said, let's do this, we did it. And the thing about it was, I never knew she was running the house because my daddy never complained. You know why? Because he never wanted to. He never wanted to. But when you put Keith, that his dad ran the house, and me, that my mom ran the house together, what are you going to have? I say it this way, and it's an accurate picture. You put two wild cats, and you tie their tails together, and you throw them across a clothesline, what are you going to have? Just like that. If I hurt your ears, that's how it was in our house. It was bad. It was really, really bad. Because I knew nothing about the Lord. And Keith was saved, but that was all. He wasn't trying to live for God. He knew nothing about what the Bible said about marriage. He knew nothing about us living for the Lord. He knew nothing about what we were supposed to do for the Lord. And we weren't trying to. So we almost got a divorce. I remember it very strongly. And I remember the thing that kept me solid. We were already in ministry by then. Keith was already working at Raymond. We were young. It was the 80s. We got married two days out of high school. So that ought to tell you something. 17. You're young, you're dumb, and broke. Bad combinations. But I remember. I got before the Lord. And I knew more than anything else, even more than I knew about things were going to get right between Keith and I. I knew that we had a ministry and that we were supposed to serve God. I knew that. I knew it as well as I knew my name, which was Phyllis Jane. No, it wasn't. It was Phyllis Powers because I didn't have a middle name, but anyway, which was Phyllis. And the reason that I'm telling you this is because when hard times come in your life, that we're about to talk about some of these things, you have to have an anchor. And you have to know, this is the thing that God told me. This is the thing that I know I have to do. This is the thing that is my call. This is the thing that God has me here for. This is the thing that's my purpose. And if you don't know that, it's time you find it out. It's not... Wait just a minute, Rob. It's not okay to go through life. What does James say? Any man that wavers, that's tossed, let him see that he receives everything he ever dreamed of. Huh? Huh? What does it say? If, if a man wavers, what does he receive from the Lord? Nothing. nothing. He receives nothing from the Lord. From the Lord. That doesn't mean you won't receive anything. 
but from the Lord. Say, the Lord. The Lord. Not your spouse. Not your boss. Now, we're talking about this thing ending up. Okay? We, how many of you in here are saved? Okay, do it another way. God forbid you don't want to do it, but if somebody in here is not saved, how many of you in here might not be saved? You'd like to know more. Somebody, if you're not, I think everybody in here is saved. Okay. We'll assume everybody in here is saved. We'll have an altar call later. But if you're, if you're saved, one of the first things you should have done, because most everybody that gets saved says, Lord, what? I want to serve you. I want to do your will. How many of you said something like that? I want to serve you. I want to do your will. But here's the catch. The big catch. Did you find out what that will was? Did you find out what he wanted you to do? Did you find out what that thing was he wanted you to do? Because there's something that all of us are supposed to do. Whether it's supposed to make money, sow it into the kingdom, help at the church, whether it's supposed to be to witness to everybody that you come in contact with, whether it's supposed to be. Everybody has a grace. Everybody has a grace. It's, you've heard Keith tell the story. Maybe you haven't. We've got some new people in here. But about the time that that grace of the Lord was removed from him. I mean, he's been able to sing his whole life. And he's been able to preach without thinking about it. But he got up to do that. And that grace was gone. And he couldn't hardly think of his name. Call out some graces that some of you guys have. That you're able to do. Just, huh? Hear from the Lord. Numbers. Sing, huh? Cook. Encourager. Create. Write. Huh? Teach. Serve, huh? Help. Huh? Build. Build. These are all abilities that the Lord has given people. And if you're floating around and you don't know what it is that you're supposed to be doing, God did not create any human being that way. Devin, would you show... That cloud video, please.
Anybody feel that way? Don't raise your hand. That you've walked around your life. See how quiet it got? You've walked around your life. Kind of depressed with a cloud over your head. And you met somebody else and that cloud came and joined you. Now the both of you have a cloud over your head. And life has just been one great big cloud. The only thing that's going to change that cloud is you getting struck from above. I want to read you a verse. Then we're going to show you something else. Let's see here. I think I have it marked. I hadn't been using my scriptures much, so I hadn't done much with them. Yeah. John 15. Verse 8, King James Bible. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue you in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you. Now, everybody read that next part with me. Whose joy is it? Whose joy does it say? My, my joy might remain in you. My joy might remain in you. My joy might remain in you. Let's go ahead and finish reading that, and then I'm going to show you this other video. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No greater love has a man than this, that he lays down his life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do whatsoever I command you, henceforth I call you not servants, but friends. For all things that I've heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. The other day, we had a staff meeting, and uh, something came up, and Dave said this to me. He said, do you know why it bothers you so much when something happens to one of the staff? And I said, no. And he said, because you've never counted one of us as staff. You immediately count us as family and friends. Immediately. And it's so true. And it's the same way with church members. I don't count people as church members. The minute I get to know them, they're my friend. I'll hug them and I'll love them and I know them and I appreciate them. And, I, and I, if I could do anything in the world for them, I would. It's just my personality. And that's the way you should be. That's what he says. He said he didn't count you as servants, but friends. Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knows not what the Lord does, but I've called you friends. For all things that I've heard of my Father, I've made known unto you. Everything the Lord shows me how to do, I make it known unto you. You've not chosen me, but I've chosen you. I've ordained you, you, that you should go forth and bring fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you would ask the Father in my name, he would give it you. These things I command you, that you love one another.
over this past season, the devil has prospered in taking people. Any little thing happened in somebody's marriage, they decide to leave. I'm going to be a little bit blunt here today. They don't get sexually satisfied. They find them somebody else. They don't get the money that they want from their husband. They find them somebody else. They don't get the gratification that they want. They find somebody else. It doesn't matter what God called them to do. They come to a church. Now, I'm going to just say this as bluntly as I know how. This church is not for babies. We require you to do something. If you want to go to a church that all you have to do is walk in the door, yay! Sing for 15 minutes, listen to a sermon for 15 minutes, and go home and you fulfilled your godly duties for the week, that's not us. Now, there are a lot of those churches around, and I have nothing against those churches. But that's not us. Everybody has a different call. We are called to minister to ministers. Are you ministers? Are you called to minister to other people? Are you God's disciples? Has He called you? You raised your hands earlier for promotion. Has He called you to do something? Let me see Branson. How many of you has He called to do something? Branson. That's what I thought. Yeah. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Now, Rob, stand back up. I want to show you something. Had I of left Keith, I had a business I was making a thousand dollars a day. That's not that's not bad at the time. I'm on making a thousand dollars a day. Helping support Keith putting him through school. Now there's no guarantees I'd have kept that if I'd have left God. That's right. That's what people don't understand. They have all these ideas that they leave their place that God's called them to, and then all these blessings are still going to stay with them, but there's no guarantees of that. Okay? Now, I'm going to get to the Lord, and He's going to say, fill us more. Is He going to say, why didn't you stay with your husband? Why didn't you accomplish what I called you to accomplish? He's not going to be able to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You put sex, you put your needs, you put your desires above me. Now this day is coming. This day is coming. All I want to hear is Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of the Lord. Into the joy of the Lord. Now, you can be seated. Now, what I want to get to you from that video is the reason we have so many people like these people walking around in that cloud video is because they haven't entered into God's things fully. Joy comes from fulfilling your heart's desire. The day that I got saved... 
was, you've heard about it. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. There was a joy down inside of me that has not left me. Do you understand that? It has not left me. And serving God, every time I serve God, it stirs it back up again. As bad as I don't care for getting up in front of people, when I'm done with it, my heart goes, oh, yeah, you help somebody. Now, I know I'm not dumb enough to know everybody don't like me. I'm not confused by that fact. I'm too blunt for a lot of people. But if you'll take what you hear and put it into practice, it'll help you, whether you like me or you don't. I know I grate people sometimes the wrong way. But I'm telling you, here's the thing. Whether people grate you the wrong way or not, if they're saying truth to you that will help you, you better look at it. I've had people grate me the wrong way and I've walked away and thought, oh man, they were telling the truth. I better get to it. It's just the truth. There's people that are leaving God. It was happening in the Bible. People were leaving God for their own pleasures and their own desires. We want to stir ourselves up. Keith asked us to pray an hour in the Spirit. How many of you actually did it this week? Some of you. Some of you didn't. Stir it up. Start at least. If you don't get the hour in, hey, it's like Brother Hagin said, if you don't get some done, get as much as you can. Get a start to it. That is how you hear. You think it's worthless. You think it's useless. But praying in the Spirit and getting over into the Spirit realm... If you've never been there, if you've never let yourself get totally and completely over into the spirit realm, that you've prayed long enough to get there, you'll not know what you're supposed to do. People are waiting for people to come up to them and say, this is what you're supposed to do. I got news for you. No, it'll happen and it'll be wrong. People have told me all sorts of stuff I was supposed to do. People are all the time telling the church. Every week somebody's telling the church something we should do. How many people have called Dave and told Dave, Dave, you need to go out and preach. You need to do this. You need to do that. Just because somebody tells you something doesn't make it God. That's right. That's right. I don't care how many degrees they've got behind their name or, or what, they, what they do. God said we as Christians, spirit-filled. Say spirit-filled. Spirit-filled. Now, how many of you have glasses at your house that you drink out of? Most everybody in here. Here's a cup right here. I won't pour it out because, well, I can pour it in this plant. I'll pour it in this one over here with the berber. You can see it right now. It's pretty full. Can you see it, camera? Can you see it? I'm going to pour it if I do it. Here. Can you see it? Okay, it's pretty full. That cup's pretty full. That's the way you need to be spiritually. Most people are, let's see. I'm making a mess of paper. That's okay. Most people are like this. Oh, no, they got a little bit in them because they came to church last Sunday. But the first time Mike corrects you or tells you something you don't like, or rubs you the wrong way, I'll pour it on the floor and make a spot, but it's gone. 
it's gone. Then what happens is it makes it very difficult for you to hear from God. Because then you're hearing with your flesh and not with your filled spirit. Do you understand that? When you start hearing with your flesh, you're going to hear some weird things. Like I'm gay. Like I should leave my wife. Now let me tell you something else. Years ago, and I don't share this often, but I think I should today. I counseled somebody. And they just got out of an affair, a situation. They were about to leave their husband. And I know spirits. I've been around spirits my whole life. You know, I was raised in New Orleans. They believe in spirits. (laughs) And I knew it. When I left there, it was like, oh, my. I could have had an affair that day. But I told my husband about it. I wasn't dumb. I said, man, that spirit. It's just like it left the pigs. It left the man and got on the pigs. It left that girl and it got on me. And I had to get rid of it. Well, I got news for you. There are spirits in offices. of people leaving their spouses, of people having affairs, they will get on you. If you're, and they just said it, if you're not full. If you're as empty as that cup, you won't even recognize it. You will think it's you. There are spirits of depression, that people have that are around you? Do you see that girl? They attract each other. That will get on you. It's not you. It's a spirit. And if you're not prayed up and built up, it will take you and you'll lead you in a thousand different directions. You'll be divorced before you know it. And you won't even know what happened to you. And this little twinge keeps telling you, you love your wife. Something deep inside of you keeps saying, you know you love your wife. Something something deep in there keeps saying, you know you do. You know you love your husband. Get this fixed. That little something in there is what's left of your spirit man trying to scream up and tell you, stop this. Do you know, in our world today, There is a massive amount of gay, homosexual spirits out there. They're everywhere. And it will cause people to leave God because they feel insecure being around the things of God. They feel unwanted. But it's a sin just like you having an affair is a sin. Sin is sin. Don't categorize it. Sin, sin. If you're having an affair and you're judging somebody for being homosexual, well, you're doing three things. We have got to be building ourselves up. We are going to be promoted. But God, as much as He needs us, As much as He needs us. He cannot promote us. If we won't listen to Him. Because if He wants to tell us to do something. And we're off having an affair. How in the world is He going to tell us to do anything? Or if He wants to tell us to do something. And we're unwilling to do it. We won't even listen to him. How are we going to do it? Devin, Samaritan. 
The Miracle of Mercy, The Good Samaritan. This is Jesus, who is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. You see, when Jesus was on earth, he wanted everyone to know what God thought about things. So he took every opportunity to teach people about God's heart. <clears throat> One day, a religious expert stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? <laughs> what does the law say? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. <laughs> right. All right. Do this and you will live. Wait. The man then asked, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. <laughs> They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. Another man who worked in the temple who was called a Levite walked over and looked at him lying there. He's out. Uh, huh? But he also passed by on the other side. Then a Samaritan came along. Oh. Samaritans were hated by Jews. They were seen as lesser people and Jews would not interact with them. But when the Samaritan saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his donkey and took him to an inn, where he took care of him. One room, please. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, Take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? The man replied, The one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, Yes, now go and do the same. We here at the church, like I said, get requests, can we do this, can we do that, would you guys do this, would you start this, would you do that, would you start that. I am convinced. There are people in this house, we just said cook over here. We just said builder over here. We just said creative over here. I'm convinced. I'm as guilty as the person sitting here and here and here and here and here. You get busy with life, but it's not okay. I think people, every person in here, should figure out a way to do some kind of fellowship with the people around them. You should know, and I could say, well, everybody moves around. They don't. This group of people, I can guarantee you sit within this 20-seat radius every Sunday and have for the past however long. These people here sit within a 20-seat radius and have for... However long. These people here sit within a Tweety Sierra. People want the church to do everything for them. Who is the church? They say, can we do this? Can we have uh, this? Can we have a... Uh, okay, can we have a... Uh, 
divorced wives group? Can we have a uh, young men's group? Can we have a this group? Sure you can. Do you have a house? Do you have any crackers? Do you have some water? If you have that on your heart, the reason that I'm telling you this today is because we have more ministers in here than have been willing to step up. There's people that should be going to their neighbors and inviting their neighbors and fellowshipping with their neighbors and saying, you know what, how about we have a a block party and a neighbor party? And just, you're not going to walk up to somebody and say, come to church. But if you're fellowshipping with them week after week, you're more likely to get to know them and eventually say to them, would you come to church? It's not going to happen to just most likely some stranger that you met on the street. And do you know how to love on people? What, what did this say? If you love one another, you're my disciples. That black cloud, I would venture to say, has affected a big percentage of people. But do you know why it has? Because people have become too independent and too on their own. And nobody even checks on anybody anymore. In the olden days, you could live a mile from somebody and they knew if their neighbor was okay. They would take them food. The whole community took them food. Have we outgrown loving people? Have we outgrown? Are we too good to even know? Okay, I'm going to do a test here. What's his name? I don't know. You don't know? I know her. Yeah. What's her, his name? What's his name? Yeah. Well, you still could have found out his name. You should have. What's his name? Don't know. What's her 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 name? Don't know. What's his name? Don't know. What's his name? Don't know. One seat in between you. She's been interceding for this very thing this pa- the past two Sundays. Branson. Put Branson on the screen. Start with Kim. Kim, what's the lady's name next to you? She probably knows it. Kim's pretty outgoing. She probably knows it. She's doing sign language. Crystal. Um, that's Crystal. We can see her now. <laughs> Staff. <laughs> um, Keith, what's the gentleman's name down from you? If you shake your head, if you know or you don't know. Don't know. Do you see what I'm saying? If we did the same thing there, if we don't even know the people that go to church with us, how are we ever ever, ever going to love on them. We don't even know their names. We don't even know their names. Y'all are supposed to be helping me. Do you want me to preach this morning? Do you want Brother Moore to preach on Sundays? Do you want us to be ready to do that? Or do you want us to come out before the service, an hour, and spend time talking to everybody and finding out everything that's going on with everybody, when you could have one word that would encourage them. Or two dollars that would buy their lunch. I want us to spend the rest of the time in here today learning everybody's name around you 
and inviting people to lunch. I don't care if it's to McDonald's. I don't care if it's to your house. I don't care. I want us to actually fellowship with people. I don't care if you have plans. Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Many will meet their doom. Trumpets will sound, surely sound. All the dead will come sing it for me. Going where no one dies, heavenward bound. Jesus is coming soon. Very soon. I want you to have some reward. A lot of people just come and sit in church. It's time for us to step up. It's time for us to take a step up. I want us to look at the people around us. I want us to know whether they're half alive or half dead. Do you understand? And you may not want to come to church if you have to meet somebody. Well, you're at the wrong church. I'm sorry. If you don't want somebody to love on you, you're at the wrong church. I mean, I don't love Dave, but that's a different scenario. (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying, guys? We have to start somewhere. How many of you would be open to doing something uh, at your house? If If you have had some kind of problem, you know, look at Cher. She lost her husband. He's gone to be with the Lord. I won't say lost. He's not lost. He's in heaven. It's the wrong thing to say. Slap my own face. He's in heaven. But she could use the fellowship with some other ladies that's gone through the same thing. She could have a fellowship at her house. I told Amy. Amy, how long ago did I tell you that? A year, probably. I said, Amy, get off your tail and start having some people, some ladies over at your house. Have you done it? No. I'll call her out in front of people. She knows I love her. She knows I love her. But we as a church cannot do everything. So people are falling through the cracks because nobody's loving on anybody. I only have so much love to give. Do you understand that? I got love. And I love all of you. But I can't individually spend... If I spent... 30 minutes with everybody in here, it would be next Sunday. You understand that? But if each one of you spend a few minutes with each other or get together during the week or do something like that, then we will have accomplished something. She's going to say she's going to get with the ladies. Somebody else, maybe you've been uh, on drugs and you've got off drugs and you can help somebody. Garrison. May do it in Branson. You don't have to have a degree in in psychology to help somebody. You got to be willing to look at a scripture and hug them. Amen. That's the extent of it. You may be single and you're fifty. You may think, Lord, am I ever going to get married? Well, let's find out. Let's get some other people together and let's start believing God. Where two or more of you agree is touching anything that they ask. You may be a former alcoholic. And there may be somebody in here that's an alcoholic. And they may find out about it. Several of you get together and fellowship with each other. Why does the church have to say, this is what we're going to do? Why, why do we have to be the ones that tell you, you can have dinner at your house on Thursday night and invite ten people? Did you know that? Do you understand that? Since when does the church have to control everything that you do? You would get mad if I did. If I said, nope, you can't have anybody to your house, you can't talk about anything, then I would really be in trouble then people would really be mad at me and say, Mrs. Moore is so controlling. (laughs) Right? So I want us to get up. I want you to meet people. If you feel like you need to sow something to them, you sow something to them. If you feel like you want to invite them to your house, you invite them to your house. Now, don't be a fairing and don't be sleeping with people or I'll have to kick you out. 
<laughs> no, I won't kick you out, but I'll get Dave to kick you in the tail. You understand? Get up now. We'll do it. They'll sing some things. Fellowship, what a joy divine. I am his and he is mine. Thank you, Lord. Taylor. Thank you. 